Well, I want to begin by stating the perfectly obvious. This is very unusual, if not unprecedented, for us to, to worship together as a parish family in this way. Uh, to be preaching at a camera that feels like it's a, about a football field away, to empty pews. But it is important uh, that we do this today. And I thank you for taking time out to join us online for worship. And I'm thankful to these brothers and sisters surrounding me now. Uh, as I shared in that introduction, my prayer is that somehow the Holy Spirit will knit us together as a community this day in this way, thereby knitting us together to God and bringing us more deeply into the gospel of Jesus Christ. I think as uh, you know, a group of uh, 43 of us returned from the Holy Land uh, the week before last. We had a memorable experience there. And the first uh, two days back from home, I found myself doing this several times. I uh, would whip out my iPhone to look at the weather app to see what was going on outside. And I'd look at it and it would say uh, 65 and sunny. I'd look out the window. It sure didn't look 65 and sunny. It looked about 45 and gray and wet. Coronavirus is even messing up the weather app on my phone. You probably know where this is going. After about the third or fourth time I did that, I lived into this uh, disconnect between the forecast on my phone and the actual weather outside. I realized I'd been looking at the weather information for Jerusalem rather than the actual weather system here back in Nashville. The weather I was looking at did not fit my environment. I think it's been like that for all of us in recent days. Realizing that the weather systems we had been inhabiting no longer fit. We aren't living in that weather system anymore. We are in a new weather system altogether. And eyes to see that new current environment did not come naturally, didn't come naturally for me. In fact, there remains a kind of unreality about the coronavirus pandemic and the responses to it. And I, for one, initially probably underestimated the fallout. Didn't see it coming like this. The theme of seeing and not seeing is a very important one in the Gospels. Jesus heals a number of people with blindness. Why this infirmity so often? The disciples are often portrayed as failing to see who Jesus really is, lacking the spiritual perception to see him as the Christ, to understand the cross. Jesus' opponents are often portrayed as blinded by their own prideful self-assurance. They so often cannot see the forest for the trees right in front of them. St. Paul's conversion experience is described as scales falling from his eyes. In the Gospels, blindness is more than a severe physical infirmity. It represents figuratively the powers of darkness that keep us from seeing Jesus. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. So says Jesus the Christ in the Gospel according to John from which we just heard. In the ninth chapter of John's Gospel, we have this long story 
of Jesus in Jerusalem, healing a man who has never been able to see in his entire life. But after his encounter with Jesus, he does see. It is a particular physical healing story in the gospel about an individual man, but I think we are meant to hear it as a universal story. For we ourselves today are being addressed as those whose spiritual senses can be damaged or dulled, perhaps, perhaps never even used to taking in the incandescent grace, the all-encompassing love of God in Christ. So my question for us this morning is the following. What if a time like this is a new opportunity to see? To see what we are meant to see. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Yet we do not see by his light as he intends or as we desire. And I think it is worth deep reflection, constant soul searching, at least for me, to ask, why is this so? What do you think God wants us to be seeing right now? What do you think Jesus wants us to be looking at right now? What is 2020 spiritual vision right now? Again, from the gospel, our Lord says it. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. But there are other lights to see by. There are other things you can be looking at. The news, your stock portfolio. I don't recommend that right now. Worst-case scenario graphs charting the spread of the virus. The ongoing view of the inside of your home, your apartment. And I've been pointing out in recent days that this whole pandemic has aggressively exposed where so many of us in a community like this put our trust, where we look for the abundant life, our health, our wealth, and our social life or our connections. and All three of those realms of living are under threat right now, or at least quarantined, if you will, for a while. And we can spend all of our energies looking at all of that if we choose to. God will let us. But we can look elsewhere. We can choose to recalibrate our vision. I had a call uh, with a good friend of mine here in Nashville this past week and he commented to me uh, about how much things changed permanently uh, in our response to 9-11. Think of for example the way we travel uh, by air. Everything is different now than it was before then and he wondered if um, there might be some permanent changes in the way we are living that come forth from this worldwide crisis today. Not just temporary behavioral adjustments for a time until the virus goes away, but permanent kinds of changes. Changes that would be good for us. Things like some of our assumptions being re-examined, understood actually to be false. Maybe we would see that um, being together with our families more is really a good thing and we want to keep that up being with loved ones, and spending more time at home, as many of us are required to do now, uh, resting rather than overworking, and, and thinking through more creatively what it is to be a good neighbor, 
literally the person who lives next door to you or down the street from you. In experiencing, even as we are now, new ways to be church together. And perhaps new ways of getting in touch with God. Renewed patterns of prayer and scripture reading. There's much wisdom in what he was sharing and many hopes that it will all be so. Health, wealth, our social status. For many of these, these are kind of like the temple in Jerusalem that Jesus predicted correctly would all come down, not one stone resting upon another. And we quite rightly do not wish for it ever, but the collapse of our various temple complexes is so often the path to new and unexpected life. And I wonder if trusting that, if seeing that might be true, is to enter very close to the heart of our calling for this day. Back to this man born blind in John's gospel, as I shared, I think he's representative of us all. But of course, he himself suddenly comes to see. How does this happen in the story itself? In one of the more indelicate acts recorded about our Lord, we are told that he spat on the ground, made mud with the saliva, and rubbed it in the man's eyes. The light of the world shines through dirt and spit, through mud. This miracle today is the new creation of the world in miniature. It is meant to hearken us back to the very, very beginning of creation in Genesis, where there is water, there is dirt, elemental and earthy coming together, and out of the darkness there came light, and out of the waters and this earth together comes life. Jesus heals through mud. A total identification and transformation of the mud of human experience. All the smudges of fruitless toil, the dust of empty living, the stain of sin, and the ashes of disease and suffering and death. And I think here is the paradoxical truth at the heart of the Christian experience. Poignantly, sometimes painfully, our inevitable seasons of darkness in this present world can, by God's grace, be the very contexts to see new realities or to see with fresh spiritual perspective. And that is in no way, no way whatsoever to take lightly the blindness and the darkness of our world, what we are experiencing now in this very strange day. It is rather a call to see beyond it. It is rather to pray for God to reveal himself to us anew. I think it's fair to say that as you look back over the history of Christians living together in times of great upheaval or unexpected turmoil, so often a crisis serves as a medium of grace. The means through which in bad things happening, people nevertheless begin to recover sight. Mass epidemics in the past have inspired the very best in Christians 
and have caused whole societies to reevaluate their systems and their values. None of that would be a very bad thing for us right now. So when we have a lot of things stripped away, where do we look? From whence does our help come? What are you paying attention to right now that is most important? Well, we're in the midst of it this day, and I'm not sure any of us can make definitive statements about what it all means or when it will all end. The forecast is muddy. But what we can do, must do as Christians, is look for the light who comes into this world of mud and coronavirus and tornado devastation and collapsing markets and strangely shortages of toilet paper and eggs and enlightens everything by his grace and truth. And lest we forget in the midst of all this frenzy, this is Lent. This now is Lent. And the one we look for, the only source of hope and lasting healing loves us to the point of his own death on the cross, that we might be cleansed from the mud of this world and live forever. Perhaps you might say the world is looking at this reality with faulty prescription eyewear. And too often, our own glasses in the church are smudged as well. Our call, my call, is simply to look to the cross right now. And maybe the world will look at us looking there. That would be a blessing. Who knows? But deep down, and perhaps in entirely new ways, we ourselves confess that we yearn to see with new eyes, to be healed by God in the midst of this very strange time, to become actually amazed by some new hope-filled, irresistible attraction to Jesus that perhaps up to now we have been seeing only in part. But this one whose light shines on and on and on, and the darkness never has quenched it. Let us pray. Dear God, your Son has promised us as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. By grace, grant us faith that Christ is indeed in this world of ours. And that is not only enough to see by in a time like this, it is everything. Amen.